Successful Farming and Corteva AgriScience present the fourth edition of the Farm School Podcast. I'm Lori Boyer. Corteva AgriScience provides cutting-edge solutions for farmers worldwide. Learn more at Corteva.com. At Corteva AgriScience, we believe that when we work together, we grow together. We believe innovative agriculture solutions are found in the lab and in the field, applying real insights from farmers with our global R&D knowledge to create a strong suite of innovations across seed and crop protection. We believe in constantly challenging ourselves on how to bring all of our solutions together, giving farmers the tools to address today's needs and tomorrow's challenges. We believe in what we do because we believe in what farmers do, and together we thrive. Corteva AgriScience, keep growing. Today's topic is succession planning. I'm joined by Eric Peterson, a farmer from Gilbert, Iowa, who is involved in creating the succession plan for his family farm, which he continues to work under today after the passing of his father. Eric, let's start the show off now by learning more about you. Yeah, so I would be probably technically the fourth generation on quite a bit of this ground around here. My great-grandpa and his brothers farmed. And then as things went on, it just got split up more and more. And and the only, you know, I guess farming heir would have been my father. And he's got three siblings as well. He was the youngest of four. And none of them really fell into the farming side of things. And he was on the fire department, a paid fire department for majority of him farming with his dad. And then which would be my grandpa and then he passed away and then dad was still on the fire department. And then I was in the Marine Corps and got out of the Marine Corps. That was right out of high school, got out of the Marine Corps. And then I got on the fire department and then he passed away. There was just too much on my plate to handle. And I ended up kind of getting the handle of it. So then I kind of took over. Eric, what kind of crops do you farm and do you have livestock? Nope, no livestock. I've got a dog. That's about it. But I've got I've got just corn and beans. So And how many acres do you farm? Oh, about eight fifty or so. And majority of it is rented ground, but it's been in the family forever. So it's pretty safe for now, but you never know what tomorrow could bring. So it's just kind of one of those deals you know that you've got rented acres that could disappear next year. So better, you know, prepare for that. Everybody's getting older, so we'll just have to see how that all works out. Eric, in the past, I've done interviews on succession planning, why it's important and putting it into place and the steps to putting it into place. And although we'll be talking about some of that, your situation is a little bit different in that you already had a succession plan coming into the family farming operation, correct? Yes. I mean, it's the plan that was put in place was started by my father, and which was a good thing because he ended up getting a motorcycle wreck about five years ago so his planning for that you know you plan for the worst and hope for the best but the planning for that started about oh three or four years you know having small discussions amongst him and I you know on the succession side of things and how things were going to try to be kind of organized for the future so it was definitely thought about for a while and then conversations and then talking to experts that have the knowledge, you know, the subject matter experts for that fact. So Eric, to get a feel for how many people may or may not be involved in a succession plan, I understand you have one older sister. Does she have kids? She does. She has a kid and I don't. Does your sister farm with you? 
No, no, just me. Eric, do you have aunts, uncles, anyone else that is involved in a farming operation? I'm the only one. Eric, going back to talking about your father being in a motorcycle accident, how has that affected the operation since then? You know, it was difficult just him and I doing it. You know, there's things that we can all do on our own. But, you know, when you add two more hands to it, it's not, it's more of a compounding event than it is just having one extra person help. So I've had to learn quite a bit on, you know, efficiency on how I'm going to run my day and the operation and program. I mean, my mother's still around and we have a pretty good relationship. We always have, same with my father, but she really was hands off just because she was married to a farmer doesn't mean that she had a bunch of involvement with that. And she knew more than she could do, let's say that. I mean, she knew about what was going on in the operation, but she was never involved in it, I guess I should say. So for me, it's definitely a full bucket of work to do. But the only time I really need help is when I need a ride from one place to another to get a vehicle or parts or tools or whatever. And in the fall, I've got to get a guy lined up for running a semi and a grain cart. And then other than that, it's can handle most of it on my own. So it's a challenge, but it's doable. It makes a good night's sleep worth it. Eric, can you speak a little bit more on some of the details and things that your dad had put together in the succession plan before he passed? He started reading articles in different magazines and online forums and things like that, dealing with succession planning. And he was a note taker, so he had a whole folder of information. And it came to a point where he started going to seminars with Mark McLaughlin with Farm Financial Strategies. Mark was the keystone in the whole program on, I mean, you, you start, you think you know everything until you talk to an expert. And then that's what really gets the information across in a way that a person can understand it with a little bit more fluidity, I'd call it. And he was an immense help. And I know when dad wasn't looking good in the hospital, I mean, he was the first guy I called. I called him and I called the accountant and told him what was going on. And he's like, okay, then this is when the plan matters. You know, this is what we plan for. And you hoping you never have to utilize your you know, succession plan tools. And I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but it was quite a stress relief during a time of high stress, you know, is how I look at it. Eric, your dad was very forward thinking then because oftentimes people aren't thinking through this whole thing or don't even want to talk about succession planning. Right. The beginning plan, once dad and Mark sat down and and I was involved in quite a bit of it, but a lot of it, there was a lot of conversations over the phone that I really didn't have much play in at all. But it was trying to come up with a plan that was appealing to all parties. I know that was dad's biggest thing is he wanted to make sure that it was as fair as he could make it and still be able to do it, you know, for the purchasing of his mother's, my grandmother's ground to where he could cash flow the payment. We use grandma as the banker, basically, so she's getting interest on it. And it's kind of with interest payments and a actual amortized schedule, it made the price per acre a little bit more presentable and appealing to the other siblings. She's like, well, I can put the price on it however I want to sell it, and that's that. Dad was like, no, we've got to make this as fair as possible. It's got to look good on paper for everybody, not just me. I know that was a struggle, and I don't really believe there was any real hard feelings on it. You just never know, I guess. And it's one of those deals that it was grandma said, this is how it's going to go, and that's how it went. So 
but it was a heck of a lot of leg work and working with attorneys and, you know, talking to the accountant about how cash flow rent versus paying for ground and all that works out. And it's still, you know, I figured in five years, dad died five years ago and I figured I'd have a lot of this stuff figured out and just an uphill, you know, learning curve all the time. It's like the more you learn, the more you learn how much you don't know. So it's just something you just got to get used to and just hang out of the rope and hopefully things kind of smooth out a little bit. So, Eric, do you think that the farm would continue on if you didn't have the success plan in place? It's basically a life insurance policy is what it, what it came down to. And that's an expense of an end of its own, especially when you start it when you're in your 60s, you know, or late 50s, whenever it, he was probably in his 60s when the documents got signed for that. And, you know, a guy can go, boy, you talk about return on investment. Well, sure. But I'd give all that money back for another afternoon with my dad. So when you have... I'm not going to say that we were tight, strapped on finances, but I couldn't have done it by myself. And it has sure been beneficial to have the little cushion behind you. And then you have, you know, a guy like Mark that knows the ins and outs and how to set up different things after dad died for my mother and how to work contracts between her and I and keep everything kind of in motion that needs to stay in motion and then close doors on things that we need to close off. So we, not only did he provide his expertise and that's his job, but he's also been through it himself with his own father. This is Mark McLaughlin with the strategy company. So he was a heck of a resource. I mean, he's, I mean, he's like a friend of the family now. I mean, it's more chit chat when we talk, it's more how's things with you, how's things with you. And then we talk about what we need to talk about. So just to have that in your pocket, you know, and he's a phone call away and very trustworthy and very smart. So it's definitely was a benefit to have that. Eric, in utilizing a succession plan that was prepared, what are your suggestions on where someone should start when they are thinking about and putting together a succession plan? There's a lot of information that you can read about in you know, magazines or online and things like that. And that'll get you a a little ways. You know, my story isn't going to match up with everybody. Sure. The end outcome does. It's one of those deals. My plan and the plan that dad set up may not work for the other guy. And dad and his research prior to at least gave him an edge of understanding to move to an expert, you know, and have conversations and ask him questions. And then finally it's like, let's set up a meeting and start going over things. So you got to make the phone call. I mean, at some point you've got to, you've got to, I mean, if you don't, that's fine. You can do whatever you want. I'm not telling you what to do, but if you're concerned about it, the conversation needs to be had. The more you procrastinate, the older people get and nobody's getting any younger. And I mean, my grandma, she's still alive and she's in a nursing home, but I don't even know if she knows who she is. So we got on top of it before her cheese slid off her cracker. That's the real scare of things is sometimes people are too old and you don't even know what they want anymore. You know, so to get things in line before you ever expect it, don't play catch up. Take care of it sooner than later. At Corteva AgriScience, we believe that when we work together, we grow together. We believe innovative agriculture solutions are found in the lab and in the field, applying real insights from farmers with our global R&D knowledge to create a strong suite of innovations across seed and crop protection. 
We believe in constantly challenging ourselves on how to bring all of our solutions together, giving farmers the tools to address today's needs and tomorrow's challenges. We believe in what we do because we believe in what farmers do, and together we thrive. Corteva AgriScience, keep growing. Eric, what do you think should be in a succession plan? There is so much different ways of going about it. I'm not the one to ask that. I mean, it should be a succession plan on scenarios. If dad dies, this is what happens. If mom dies, this is what happens. You know, if dad dies and my sister dies, this is what's going to happen. You know, or, you know, that's all, it's all going to be different depending on it. But a lot of those plans are, you know, do we set up a trust or a revocable trust and all sorts of different avenues that you can go down on, on getting funds or equipment or property moved around. And I'm not the expert on that at all. I just rely on my subject matter expert, Mark. So, Eric, based on your own experience, what are suggestions you have when it comes to communicating with family members? I would start with the easiest one to talk to or the one you have the most relationship and try to build a fan base on the concept. It's a lot easier to do it when you've got a cheerleader with you. And it's going to have to be a transparent conversation with all parties eventually anyway, because the last thing you want is to be the one pulling the wool over somebody's eyes. Then they find out that you're trying to pull some kind of trick on them and that's not going to work out. So I think with dad, he was as transparent as he possibly could and had conversations with his mother and she had conversations with the other siblings and then dad and had a conversation with all of them and said, this is what we're going to do because this is how this is going to work. And I'm sure it upset a few of them thinking this is, wasn't going to go that way. But, you know, you can't take production farm ground out of the, the equation when it's been production farm ground for four generations. You know, you're not going to build a house because you know, you think you're going to get a chunk of ground, you know, it's just, that's kind of the hard part is, is people expect that they're going to get this chunk and they can do whatever they want with it. Well, that's not really how things go. It does sometimes, but you know, when grandma says this farm ground is going to stay farm ground and this is how we're going to do it, then that's how we're going to do it. So. Eric, as I have listened to you talk, it sounds like succession plans aren't necessarily set up based on fairness of the family members involved, but they're really set up to keep the agricultural operation operating. I think one of my favorite sayings is, is fair doesn't necessarily mean it's equal. So if this farm succession plan was set up for farm and agriculture, that doesn't necessarily mean that what I get equals what my sister gets. It's going to be pretty close, but in the long run, there's going to be more assets on my side than what she gets, but she hasn't ever mowed the yard. So it's one of those deals. It's, you know, you get what you get. You don't throw a fit. And out of curiosity, how has your sister responded? How does she feel about that? Yep. She's like, whatever you guys figure out, we got a pretty good relationship too. I mean, I grew up in a great family. My mom was a teacher. My dad was a farmer and a firefighter. And I was, you know, in the Marine Corps, my sister worked in Washington, DC for a while. And, you know, and then things just start falling apart a little bit. And then it's like, well, we've got to get back on the road. So that's what we did. You've got the plan for it. And that's what you kind of do. So. And you're right, Eric, that's exactly why succession plans are what they are. It sounds like your family has not had a lot of contention and things have worked according to plan. 
No, no. It's, I mean, we've always had a pretty good relationship growing up and the relationship I had with my dad is, you know, one to make a lot of dads probably jealous. There was a time where we didn't even need to talk. It was just grunts and groans and points. And we all knew what was happening today. And that's what we do. And my relationship with my mother is as good as it's ever been. And my sister's great. You know, we don't talk a whole bunch, but enough to get the point across, I suppose. You know, the struggles are there, you know, and it's going to be tough. And it's not like I've got a, you know, a team of people that help me every day and do all that. And it's one of those deals. I'm small enough that I can do 99% of it on my own, but I'm big enough that I can't do it all, you know, in the fall. So, and I've got good friends and a lot of older guys that are retired that, offer their time and I pay them, you know, and it just, it works out good. So you mentioned specifically one professional you worked with earlier here in the interview, who all would you suggest that people work with when they're putting together a succession plan? Anytime you can involve your accountant to me, because I mean, he's been my accountant my whole life and my grandma's and my dad's. And so it's, he's like a family friend too. And so to keep transparent with your accountant, tax man, basically, And we have a pretty good relationship with the attorney and he's, you know, a small town attorney, but he deals in probably bigger numbers than a guy could probably fathom with, you know, land sales and all that kind of stuff. So you have, you know, you have a little redundant coverage, but one's an attorney and one's not. And then having the expert on the succession plan side of things, I mean, they all have each other's cell phone numbers, you know, and my number. So if there's ever any questions on anything, you know, as long as things are transparent and everybody knows what everybody's, you know, moving towards, then it works out pretty well. So it's never a bad idea to get in good with good guys like that and makes it happen a little bit smoother, I imagine. Were there any issues, Eric, that came up that you did not expect? Not really. I mean, things are pretty much ironed out. The final conversation with Mark the succession guy. This is what we've come down to. This is where we're at. Dad and Mark had had the conversation and my mother, my grandma and my dad, we're all sitting at the table I'm sitting at right now. And dad just looks over at me and he goes, okay, is this what you want? Is this what you want to do? And I was like, I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't what I wanted to do. And he goes, okay. And Mark slides the papers over. And so you start signing life insurance policies and that was kind of the end of it. And grandma tears up and says, this is the happiest day of my life. And you'll never further get that kind of stuff, you know? So it's good. I mean, it was as ironed out as a guy could get it. And then you plan for the worst and hope for the best. And then the worst actually happens. And you're like, well, we've planned for this. So, you know, and you got to remember that you're not the first guy this has ever happened to or the last. It's just how you can handle it after that. So. Eric, was there ever a time when there were different goals amongst the family on what to do with the farm and or the succession plan itself? I think it's once you start finding out all the options in a strategy that you think one route might be the best, then you find out that this route is actually probably the one that matches up with what the final goal is. And farm-wise, Dad and I had had numerous, numerous conversations, and he was one that really didn't talk much about it a whole lot unless you ask questions so once i figured out that i just got to ask start asking questions until he starts telling me to stop asking so many damn questions you know which didn't happen very often but i just kept asking how did you do it this way or why did you do it that way or things like that so him and i i think goal wise were on this kind of the same plan and i never really had an opinion in it anyway i mean there was ideas and stuff that kind of worked themselves through and worked out well but i know there was times where he was so busy farming, being a dad and on the fire department, that I know that he wished he could have done better on farm improvement stuff, like 
our line of equipment's a, a great line of equipment, but our grain storage and grain handling on farm on site needed to be improved. And then when he did die, mom's like, what can I do? And I was like, build me a grain bin. So she built a grain bin so she can write off her income on the depreciation of a grain bin, you know? So that has been a benefit, but then you got to remember the more on-farm storage you've got, the more trips to town you get. You know, when you double your capacity and you only have one guy doing it, now you've got a job on your hand and plus the risk of having it spoiled in the bin and things like that. So you learn a lot and I'm learning a lot, but I've got a lot of really good farming friends around the area that have just boxes of information, you know, and questions they can answer for me. So it's been tough, but it's been good. So goal-wise, I don't think there's any farm goals other than, you know, I'm kind of working that direction as you go. So it's just one of those deals. You don't think five years would go as fast as they do, and they did. And it's like, holy buckets, we got work to do still. So That brings me to another question here, Eric. Now that the succession plan has been in place for five years, have you deviated from it at all? There's been some technology advancements. I ended up buying a bigger tillage tractor, the corn rootworm starting to really flourish quite a bit around where I'm at. So I ended up putting a uh, infro insecticide system on the planter. You know, when you get a bigger tillage tractor, that means you got to get bigger tillage equipment, you know? And so now you're like, okay, now I'm starting this roll of payments and then you start doing technology upgrades and things to the planter and things like that. It's not that the line of equipment was bad before, but if you can make it better and it pays for itself, you know, then it's like, why wouldn't you do it? You know? So I've definitely done some money spending to get to a point where I can farm by myself a little bit, but the money was there and I'm still making money. And it's a lot more fun to spend money when corn $7 than it is when it's four and a half dollars, but it's still, as of right now, it's still a good thing. There's a lot of things I could talk about, but when you talk about a succession plan, it's like, I know there's farmers out there that don't buy crop insurance. But in my mind, I don't think I could sleep at night if I didn't have crop insurance. But you're willing to go through life without a succession plan, which is way more important for the longevity of a farm than crop insurance is. You know, I mean, it it just one of those deals that you got to look at a succession plan like you would on any kind of risk mitigation program. So I just don't think it would have happened. It would have been a slow, fiery train wreck if there wasn't some kind of plan in place for myself. Eric, is there anything else you would like to add or say here today that I have not asked about? I know it can be hairy, and I've been very fortunate on the involvement of who was involved and who needs to be involved, you know, type of deal. And there was a lot of stress at the beginning trying to present it in a attractive fashion, you know, like let's make this look as good as possibly can. I mean, everybody's going to get their money you know, on his sibling side, it's a legalized document of this is how this contract works. And when it's done, it's done. And whatever cash grandma's got in the bank gets split between three now instead of four, then that's the end of it. So we didn't really have any, anything, you know, to speak of that was really rough and had people bleeding out of the corner of their mouth. To me, it was the most important decision that was ever made on the farm in my mind. And Dad was always pretty analytical when it came to things like that anyway. And for him to get on board on something like that, I mean, there was still quite a bit of learning, you know, from 
going from a cash rent to an actual purchase, you know, deal and how that cash flows differently than an actual rent, you know, payment does. But I'm not going to call it seamless because nothing that's that big of an event in somebody's life is going to be seamless, but it was as smooth as a, you know, when it came to the transition from dad's now gone to me, now I'm doing it as seamless as a guy could have asked for, really. It was a bulletproof plan that worked how it was supposed to. Today's show has been brought to you by Corteva AgriScience, where they provide cutting-edge solutions for farmers worldwide. Learn more at Corteva.com. I'm Lori Boyer for Successful Farming.